electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, the waiting game continues here ahead of inflation data on Thursday. Futures roughly flat as uh, Bitcoin's down 7%. Lots of news in airlines, pharma, retail, and tech as this Fastly glitch creates a global Internet outage. Our roadmap begins with the crypto crumble. Bitcoin's terrible run apparently not over, tanking roughly 8% this morning, 40% in the past month. Other digital currencies also down. Plus, just what is the true tax rate for America's best-known multi-billionaires? There's a shocking report out today from ProPublica on how the wealthiest Americans avoid income taxes because, of course, they avoid income. And restoring a massive Internet outage, shares of Fastly are down ahead of the open after a widespread failure in its content delivery network cripples major sites like Amazon, Target, Spotify, and others. Uh, Bitcoin, though, is going to be the story here. Uh, along the, there's plenty in the meme universe. We're watching Wendy's today. Wendy's, Jim. a company that I've uh, supported many times and had them on air. I mean, geez, with a fantastic quarter. It was uh, just May, uh, May 12th. And, and I had Todd Pentagon, and I could not believe how strong a quarter was. And the stock went down. Well, so suddenly, uh, David, your uh, favorite, obviously, uh, Reddit. Yeah, oh, yeah, my favorite. Right, right. which I yeah. know you've always felt was Goldman Sachs, what Morgan Stanley Reddit. They like it. And I've got to tell you, while it is a great company, and I want it to be higher, and my wife had a Baconator during vacation, which, you know, is obviously a bulk-up situation. Sure. Bulk uh, up, yeah. She doesn't know I have a 9 o'clock show. It's always good. It's been 10 years. But one thing that is amazing to me, David, is there are many people on Wall Street who have tried to move stocks, mm-hmm. you know, pound the table. I'm taking Wendy's from hold to buy, and I love it. I'm making it a, a you know, a USA one, yep. and the evidence lab says it's good. It does nothing. No, and then you get something like this, which you can't even really gauge exactly where it's coming yeah. from, and now the stock is up uh, uh, perhaps as much as a quarter of its uh, value is going, or going to be added a quarter of its value today. Um, and it's not the only one. This uh, Chamath Palihapitiya uh, stock, Clover, that was uh, originally a SPAC that right. Clover merged into, is another one that is benefiting enormously from what seems to be, Jim, the focus on, obviously, stocks with high short interest and or ones that just the chatter just continues to pick up. And this Wall Street Best community slash Reddit that you refer to uh, gets it moving. He, right. has, he has played to them. Uh, has Mr. Palahapatia uh, to a he? certain extent. I think, remember, back around the GameStop uh, when that oh, first right, started. Oh, right, right, right. Um, and obviously now uh, that stock is benefiting. What's interesting here as well, though, uh, Carl, is that you know, in terms of looking at the capital markets, there is going to be a, a real reluctance among some investors to short stocks. Yes, frankly, that's really important. Frankly, for a functioning capital market, as much as people may not like certain short sellers, but obviously a lot of people just do, a lot of investors do it just as a hedge. It's necessary, Jim, isn't it? And if you're reluctant to do it, it does throw things off balance a bit, perhaps. Well, the markets tend to be uh, 
way too wild. I mean, I think that there are a lot of people now who say, well, I hope they go after Wendy's. That, I mean, the next Wendy's. Maybe I'm in the next Wendy's. But And maybe, I mean, I know some people were saying, Jim, you've been hyping this Wednesdays. You talk about the breakfast ahead of plan, the continued digital acceleration, the global development plan. Well, these are things that should move at a dollar or two. <laughs> Those are the fundamentals that you thought were strong and perhaps they deserve do. to be rewarded in the marketplace by a 5% move in the stock. Right, not just the jalapeno chicken sandwich, by the way, is fabulous. I just find that this is one where you say, okay, it could be up five, down five. And what does that mean to people? I think it means to say, I want to own CDs. Now, Bitcoin's different. I think that you, we all know it's Wild West. We didn't think Wendy's was Wild West. We thought Wendy's was like McDonald's. Right. Well, on the Bitcoin thing, you got a couple things going on. One is this national security advisor at the White House saying that he thinks it should be a priority for G7 uh, coming up on the weekend. Uh, the other is that the FBI recouped part of this ransomware out of Colonial Pipeline. We don't know how. We're going to be asking why, maybe for a long time. Well, it does seem to defeat a, a purpose of crypto, which is this complete anonymity. Uh, have they broken the code? Do they now know how to get in? Is the FBI going to seize them? These are the things that people are going to worry about. It's interesting that they managed to recover, what, 2.3 million yeah. of the four-something million? Uh, uh, how they did it, yeah. I, no, we don't know. No. But I know that that's, you know, that people are using it to hide. People are using it to, to pay off people. It's been going on for many years. It just came public because of Colonial. Uh, I've never met anyone willing to admit, hey, I just paid blackmailers because that's kind of the notion of blackmail. But it's obviously been uh, something that the FBI uh, has either ignored or just partially ignored or just looked the other way in the sense that they say, listen, you know, that's that other world. Well, it's not. It's now our world. When when you have El Salvador saying, hey, listen, it could be our Miami. Uh, and, and David, I think more things were purchased Miami in, with Bitcoin than were in some different venues this weekend. Than dollars. Say that again. The what? Miami conference. You know, the Miami conference. Well, I'm saying yes. if you went to the actual conference. locus, the the epicenter. Yes. There was more, there was more purchasing using Bitcoin than dollars. Okay. Well, the proponents of it will say that that is only a growing trend, and we hear people like Jack Dorsey saying that he would devote his life to it if he hadn't already spent so much of his time on Twitter and Square. See, I, when you see well, that, there's a lot of well, it's intellectually like a, deep people who are uh, who love this stuff. Well, how about NFT? I mean, I was someone confronted me with NFT the other day, and I said, "Look, you know, you could have bought a Warhol for a couple of smackers, and now it's like, how much for Marilyn, Marilyn shot red? Ten mil? So why why should I laugh at NFT?" Did you see this interview with uh, Anthony Weiner in the Times about potentially selling NFTs of the photos that got him in, well, basically ended his career? Um, does Sub, anyone have any shame anymore? <laughs> How right. do you know shame? There's no shame. It's, it's back to Wells <laughs> right. in front of the hearings. Uh, look, I, I think that we're in a period, there was one, there was a sculpture that didn't exist that was sold that went for a lot of money. I mean, can we just admit that some of this is just total foolishness? Uh, now, when you say that, I mean, should when, let's take Wendy's because it's really owned by a lot of people. There should be actual sellers who come in and say, you know what? Wendy's at 22, I said I was going to get rid of it. Now it's at 27. I'm not going to get it. But those sellers have all learned that you're a sucker if you sell because we're taking it up. Well, whoever the where is, we're taking it up. No, but they can look at GameStop, which we sat and watched yeah. for weeks there, saying, well, at some point it's going to start to reflect the true fundamental value of the company, which is far, 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 far less than the market value. Maybe of the tomorrow we happened. find out. 
Tomorrow we find out with the Chewy co-founder, David. Tomorrow why? What's tomorrow? Oh, that's when they report on Oh, okay. So you think we're going to get a great deal of detail tomorrow? I said last night the key thing was to say nothing. Because then the people who rip the mean mm-hmm. people can say anything. Mm-hmm. It's a twenty dream. billion dollar market value. Well, more now, more. Yeah. It, remember, you know, and, um, you have their plan. You've laid out the plan for them many times. I have get, over and you. over yeah. and over again. I have suggested their plan. Too, if I recall. Right? I suggested a plan for them. For Nobody us. listens. Nobody yeah. listens. Well, maybe Mark Benioff periodically. <laughs> yeah, I heard him talking to Sarah yeah. about crypto last night. Yeah. yeah. There's a really, before we go to break, uh, some airline news. Southwest has agreed to buy some more Max Jets, uh, 34 737 Maxes. That brings the order to 234. Uh, both stocks of Southwest and Boeing are on the rise. And then Delta, uh, Jeffries goes to buy. They're talking, Jim, about the domestic recovery of travel playing out and that corporate's next and Delta's highly leveraged. I was out with a CEO last night who said, you are going to see an explosion of travel to Europe. People feeling very, very confident. And you got to start booking them. Delta has a flight uh, to Italy. I bet you that thing's going to be jammed. The Emirates, by the way, David, if you ever fly the Emirates, they give you a hotel room. Nice, huh? Yeah, for the price of what you was coach because they couldn't get anybody to go. Now it's all filled. Oh. Uh, so I think that people should recognize they should book. I'm not a travel agent, but they should book because it's obvious Southwest Air knows more than Gary. Kel- I wish Gary would call in or do it. No, it's good. Do. AK's actually got a lot. Uh, capacity uh, now only down seven on a two year stack. That's pretty good. Really? Yes. Yeah. That is fabulous. But business travel still in question, right? That's the one lagging part of the business overall. Right. Leisure's right. come back a lot. Yes, it has. And David, just so you know about where I am on the memes on Wendy's. Yes, sir. You asked me valuation. Yes. There's one guy who always knew. It's Bill Murray in Meatballs. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we got an exclusive with Honeywell's uh, chairman and CEO. Take another look here at the futures as we uh, get a busy Tuesday morning underway in a moment. Just. You seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Got some news out of Honeywell this morning, and for that, we're going to turn to Morgan Brennan. Morning, Morgan. Good morning, Carl. Well, Honeywell Quantum Solutions is combining with Cambridge Quantum Computing to form the world's largest quantum computing business. I'm joined now by the chairman and CEO of Honeywell, Darius Adamczyk. Darius, thanks for being on with us this morning. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Exciting day for okay, Honeywell. So- yeah, so so you are standing up what is going to be a vertically integrated quantum computing business. It's going to be majority owned by Honeywell. You're going to invest up to $300 million in the standalone business as well. It basically brings together the hardware from Honeywell, the software from CQC. Given the fact that you really just unveiled your quantum aspirations about 18 months ago within the company, why do this? Why do this now? 
Well, we do this now because we really want to accelerate uh, quantum technology at a much faster pace. And, and, and today is ex an exceptionally exciting day for all of Honeywell, for all of CQC, and, and hopefully for all potential customers of quantum computing because it unlocks and creates the world's most advanced quantum company, which brings together the best of breed in hardware and best of breed in software. And that's why we're thrilled and uh you know, we think that the reason we came together here is to really advance and move up the technology solutions, the capabilities, what's possible by numerous years by really being two best of breed companies. Yeah, we've been talking about quantum computing for so many years now. We've seen a number of companies make investments in this area as well. IBM, Alphabet, INQ, which I know is, gonna, is going public. Uh, but analysts like Daniel Newman note that it has been a long and slow trajectory so far. So what are you forecasting in terms of broader adoption and applications and thus revenue growth and the path to profitability for this new standalone company? Well, I, the, the, the starting point is that already CQC and Honeywell Quantum Solutions already generate revenue. And, and the growth here will be exponential. But, you know, you always have to start from ground zero. And, you know, frankly, that's revenue generation is just started. But th this announcement today will revolutionize the quantum industry because it will help to accelerate the growth and the speed of evolution. So, you know, sort of when the PC was brought to the market, it wasn't a you know, billions of dollars enterprise either. So we're kind of still in the first, second inning here. But this combination today, I'm very confident, will substantially acceler accelerate the usability and growth in this industry. You know, and we believe it's going to be a trillion-dollar industry within, within a decade. Yeah, trillion with a T. I realize, though, we're in early innings, so is the plan to take this company public? Well, we're still exploring all options. I think it's too early today. Let's, you know, it's kind of one day at a time. You know, we formed this new company, the JV, between ourselves and CQC. We're excited to serve our customers. Um, both companies already serve blue-chip customers. You know, we have the leading hardware. CQC has a predominant position in the industry uh, in terms of software. It has software uh, configurable for operating systems for quantum computing, as well as the leading provider for applications developers on quantum computing. So you know, this will dramatically accelerate the pace of technology and development have you on the show. It's Jim. Uh, I love what you're doing. Uh, light, local light parcel. I love what you, muscles of air taxis. These are great. The fact that you're speeding mm -hmm. everything up to market. But Jensen Wong, uh, whom we know as being maybe one of the foremost thinkers about all sorts of fast speed, said this last week at his annual shareholders uh, meeting that, about quantum. He goes, the technology is still in its infancy and likely decades away from commercial applications. Is Jensen wrong? Well, everybody's entitled to their opinion, but, but I would strongly disagree with the decade statements. I mean, we have paying customers today who are gathering value from quantum computing. Same with CQC, and now together we're going to have even more customers. When I say customers, the bluest of the blue chip companies out there, some of which have been announced, and whether it's financial solutions, whether it's pharmaceutical research, whether it's cryptography, all of these are applications that are developed today. And already, and I think this is really exciting, CQC has already developed software 
which is usable for these kinds of applications. Obviously, the capability, the advancement of the hardware will unlock further gains. But I can tell you that even today, customers are paying and using these technologies. To say that it's decades away, I, I would strongly disagree with that. All right. Well, fair enough. I, I think that you're absolutely right. People can have opinions. Listen, while we've got you, we are seeing some orders now. Uh, a Boeing, Southwest Air, very, very impressive. We saw Airbus orders. We know that you're agnostic. We're getting a feel, Darius, that we're back, that international travel's back. Isn't this your time if this is occurring? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we've, we've kind of told our investors that all along. You know, we're a little bit longer cycle oriented, but I have 110% confidence that the best days in the markets are just coming back ahead of us. So whether it's our aerospace business, which we see the signs of coming back and, you know, it, it's going to initially comes back domestically, then internationally and much more uh, comprehensively. But we anticipate the next couple of years to be extraordinarily exciting for us, not just in aerospace, but also in our PMT and our, um, and our energy businesses, because those will have to go through a cycle of reinvestment. So we're extraordinarily bullish on our future, both from a markets perspective, but also as evidence today but the advancement of our strategies and technologies. And I think hopefully this is yet another sign which will kind of reposition Honeywell in terms of how we're viewed, not just as an industrial company, but really as a technology company that serves the industrial market. And I'm sure Wall Street's perking up hearing those comments, given the fact that aerospace or the recovery in aerospace and energy both were in focus after the last earnings. I am curious, though, Darius, um, you have this key vantage point when it comes to commercial real estate as well, whether it's the warehousing and logistics and the products and the automation you sell there, whether it's offices and buildings uh, and all of the innovation that you've been spurring on that front, too. That in particular is in, in a lot of focus right now as people return to work. What are you seeing in terms of demand for some of those different products and how does it speak to, I guess, commercial real estate of the future? Well, it's interesting we should mention it, Morgan. I, I just right before this call, I was on a call with a major, major customer in uh, our commercial buildings and, and people are coming back. They're coming back to the offices. Very few, if any, uh, employers today will have a pure work from home model. I mean, whether it's hybrid or back to the offices. And people are much more interested in building technologies now more than ever, because whether it's enabling a health and safe environment for the employees, improving the occupant experiences, or another area where we bring tremendous value is sustainability and energy savings. All of this is underpinned by our connected building technologies which reside in both our connected enterprise and our building technology. So, you know, we're actually seeing that market build and seeing very, very strong order rates uh, and, and really the environment improving dramatically as we move forward. Yeah, so much more we could talk about. Unfortunately, we have to leave the conversation there, but we do hope you'll join us again in the future to talk about some of the other technologies and innovations underway at Honeywell, including, I know you're doing a lot on the sustainability side as well. Darius Adamchik, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you, Jim. Good stuff. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash as we count down to the opening bell. Take a look at futures here as a Squawk on the Street continues with the opening bell in about nine minutes. This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is. 
a second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does. And she can finally run with the big dogs and the small dogs who just think they're big dogs. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Oh, yes, yes. All right, here we are. I don't, what do we call this place? What do we call this? The pod? The, the pod. pod. We're in the pod now. Yeah. Is that like the going, is Bezos in the pod? Are we pod people? Oh, my God. Ugh. Wow. Ugh. I watched Invasions of the Invasion of the Body Snatchers. One the, of the original great, one. The original yeah, one? Yeah, it was oh Sutherland the other McCarthy? night. Oh, my God, Kevin McCarthy? All right. Time for a mad dash. Let's get to it. You want to talk a little bit about Marvel technology? Yeah. Okay. So what people are looking for, David, right now are technology stocks that have more than one thing going for them. They don't want to just cell phone. They don't want to just hyperscale computing. They want everything. And that's what Marvel gives you. And I think that they reported last night. Now, when they reported last time, when they reported last time, wow. Yeah, it works. Cool. But um, people didn't like it. Okay. Now they reported a much better quarter because they made a good acquisition. And you're getting what I think is the beginning of, and I, David's such a technologist, I just got to show him. Yes. This is the W, David, that you always say, if I see a W, oh, I want to buy it. look at that. Right. That's a W. That's a yeah, W. I, I feel like we need to just do that for. Well, that's great. But this one's going higher. My okay. trust owns it. Uh, when this happened, David, I, yeah. I was, I, I, you know, I don't want to say I was suicidal because that's extreme. No. But I was upset. You were, you were not happy. Why? Because it was a great quarter. And why did the mean people adopt AMC when there was Marvell? I mean, a lot of people are going to start talking about that, David. Why didn't they take my stock up? Wendy's, why didn't they take, why didn't they take Eat, Brinker up? What was the matter? They're only a 4% short position. But Marvell is giving you hyperscale computing, and it does base station. Up. It has all the great stuff you need for 5G. But most importantly, David, is the acquisition gave it so it's not a one-trick pony. Right. And if you are a one-trick pony, then people hate your stock right now. Okay. They hate it. By the way, the NVIDIA discussion between, the, between Jensen Wong ver- versus... A damn check? Yeah. I think that's something we're going to have to watch. That could be a claymation death match, I frankly. I have a feeling I know who you're going to support. Not that you don't like... And, you know, Darius, check. I think, is fabulous. And the building technology is great. And he's been an amazing wealth builder. But this is a battlefield. It's Battleship Galactic. Speaking of wealth, when we come back, how the wealthiest in this country are avoiding paying income tax. ProPublica digging through never-before-seen IRS files of the top 25 richest people in the country. It's an interesting story. The opening bell, just a few minutes away. We're coming right back. Shares of Biogen going to give some back this morning on the heels of that FDA approval from yesterday. A conference call, Jim, says they expect to begin shipping in about two weeks. Uh, over 900 sites ready to implement treatment with uh, this new drug, which I think is going by the name Aduhelm. Well, here's what I'm hearing. There's going to be uh, some, let's say, pushback on the price here. I know I spoke with some members of the neurological community and how I know that because I'm the chief spokesperson of the American uh, Migraine Foundation. There's not the level of conviction that this may necessarily work, maybe need more time. So let's see if they are are able to get that price. Uh, I also um, fifty thousand dollars a year. Right? Yeah. That's I, don't what think, I don't know what the federal government's going to go for that, given the fact yeah. that the it's a little a little sketchy. So I'm just saying, beware. the The second day story on this is wait a second. Fifty six G's for an uncertain right. 
uncertain. Uncertain. And that's why 24 hours ago, of course, when we knew that the, the decision was coming from the FDA, there were many people who expected that it wouldn't go through because, of course, the panel that is put together to actually recommend or not said no. I know. And that's the approval. why. And this is such an interesting process that the FDA ended up saying yes, despite its panel saying no. Yes. And a lot of, by the way, uh, a lot of this, the raw speed firms were caught recommending sell because of exactly what you said. So uncertain. Of course, everybody wants to take something that makes it so that you may in the future get a couple extra years. But I think there's pushback. That price does not work for the country. There's the opening bell at the big board. It is Biohaven Pharma uh, celebrating the FDA approval of Nurtech ODT, uh, migraine treatment at the NASDAQ Amplitech, maker of radio frequency components. Jim, you, you know a lot about migraine. Yes. OK, so I know it's going to rain later today. I have that. I have four on tonight today, uh, which is a motorhome company. But I know it's going to rain. It's going to start around one. OK, when I see it about to rain. I know I'm going to have very serious migraine, even though I take Amavig. Uh, you know right, about this, too. Yes. That, so well, what do I do? To, uh, breakthrough migraine. That is uh, medicine that people can inject. And Right. I get that. I take migraine. mine tomorrow. I'll get mine tomorrow. But this just approved for preventative. So I popped one this morning because I know that in five hours, my head is going to feel like it's been hit by a by rebar, by so a you'll giant. Just take that as a well, just prophylactically. Got, the government just approved it for that, and first and only. And a lot of us who suffer, there's many different kinds of migraines. I have a very biometric pressure migraine, where if I hear a noise like my wife loading the dishwasher, I scream. Wow. I said, "Why are you doing this?" Or the dog. I mean, the, the, you know, I love dogs, but I have wanted to strangle a dog. But it's because my the sound is greatly amplified. I see. Uh, so so you end that's up my kind of every day, given all those different no, myriad causes of migraines. No, but I, if I know we got a barometric pressure change coming uh, now that it's been approved, I'll give it a shot. So I don't have a migraine when I interview Thor wow. tonight. Yes. yes. And it's a shame. There are so many sufferers. There is so little. Not uh, we'll be a good ad right now for Biohaven. Biohaven's been pioneering this. Uh, Lily's done a lot of work. Uh, Amgen's done a lot of work. But uh, the of AbbVie's been the best best one versus them. But I've got to tell you, for migraine sufferers, particularly women and minorities, this thing is a godsend. Uh, although, again, with anything that's, you know, the government has to, government's been paying. Yeah. Uh, they're not cheap. Any None of these are No, cheap. they're not cheap. But you're going to argue with your insurance company. I know we but it, have they, to, you know. <laughs> right. I'm going to share family who has to deal with it. And it's expensive. And you got to re every month. It's like a or every whatever it is that. You know, right. Yeah. OK, I'm going to share with you guys. because We're not on right now, right? <laughs> we are. But go ahead. If you flush a toilet, you got a runner. It's like Hiroshima. That's the loudest sound I've ever heard. Wow. It's kind of like shooting a gun off next to my head. Ooh. Yeah. It's yeah. So I'm like, my head is ringing. Now, there's more information than you'd ever no, no, want. No. We're but, glad there's some methods of treatment yes, being made available. Right. So this makes it look, I'm not a commercial for this thing. I don't get any money for it. I, my migraine foundation do it for free. But I was thrilled when this thing got approved. And it's like my doctor was involved, the neurologist. I dealt with Dr. Larry Newman at NYU, Dr. Dodick at Cleveland Clinic. And everyone was waiting for this to happen. It is such a breakthrough. Um, The other the other bits of pharma news are Pfizer testing some lower doses for kids five to 11, uh, which is encouraging for the perhaps later in the year. And then J&J 
the journal with a story about the steep decline in demand for their vaccine. Ohio has like 300,000 doses that will expire the week after next. The governor's saying, please, anybody, go get a well, J&J vaccine. Well, I mean, I think that, what, the Yankees... I know you're a Mets fan. Congratulations for thank a pretty you. good season so far. It's, but, still, it's only June, but thank you. Right, but yep. there are a Yank, some Yankee members who had just the J&J. And look, I think the main thing is, is that it, it lessens what's happening. None of them got sick. They got the virus, but I right. don't believe any of them actually got sick. Right. Which is, so again, I, a key here was to why key? you want to be vaccinated. One shot. As unlikely, as unlikely as it is that you would actually get the virus, its effects are muted, to say the least. Thankfully. Right. Now, I just, everybody should get vaccinated. But, of course, that's not happening in the country. Well, the, the, there's a big backlash. If you do say I, we don't want uh, people who are not vaccinated, people, uh, I was uh, I suggested that to someone over the weekend and was called a communist. Now, I've never really related communism no, to vaccines. I don't see it. Right. I don't see you as a commie. No, I'm not I really mean, a commie. With the, I'm, a, with the the I'm a dollar sign represented by a man. It's and a yes, I mean, I have been stopped on the street. So are you related to Lenin? Of course. Yes, of course. Of course I'm Why not. Why but I, be? I do think that there's um, it all goes back to that, the same. That know, there place. should be some break that you get if you have the vaccine, like my pass, um, which, which lets me into here. Guys, uh, the new the newest meme stocks, I guess we have to call them that this Clover Health. I I did see it up as much as 56 percent. It's now only up 47 percent. Small company, of course. Uh, Remember, this was a SPAC. It then um, it was a it was a Chamath SPAC merged with Clover Health. There were some questions there about some SEC goings on that they didn't disclose. The stock was as low as what, seven, eight long ago. You can see what's happening. There. But look at the volume of 74 million the shares. The volume in these names is just extraordinary. Wendy's is, is uh, only is, eight. Is that may not last because it's only eight. 20 something percent. It's now only up 14 only, I say. Not quite a new high. Uh, and the volume, you know, you come back to AMC, which we watch every day, up another five plus percent. Now, you know, approaching again a $30 billion market. Is that the free, free popcorn? It's still free popcorn. But the volume numbers, Jim, I mean, it's already 20 million shares. Now, it does have 520 million outstanding versus the roughly 120 million or so outstanding it had at this time last year. Well, only at four. The one, the one that they have, shares. they have an explosion you know, this Bed Bath has been a meme stock. Now, that's yeah. one, by the way, where Mark Tritton has done incredible work. Yeah. Uh, but it's only 3.8 billion. And it did buy back a lot of shares. And it's also being reinvented. So I, I actually like it. It's got Harmon. It's got this uh, bye, baby, you know, bye Bye Baby, which is a very inexpensive part. So that one I, I get. I totally get that because it's a 33% short position. So there's some people who I used to in the old days call idiots who are about to get, you know, they're going to get bedded and bathed and beyond it. <laughs> well, speaking of um, retail, Evercore has got some interesting notes out about uh, retail pricing getting absorbed. Uh, as they raise prices on things like apparel. Jeffries goes to buy on Target today. Yes. Uh, UBS, sorry, goes to buy right. 265 They were at 210 That's an all-time high. Again. Look, people don't understand. Brian Cornell's reinvented Target. You go to a Target. There are inner-city Targets. There are Targets in places where a lot of people felt, hey, it's not worth it to have a store. Those people don't have money. Right. And then there's Brian Cornell saying, you know what? 
I'm going to blow up the model. I'm going to put stores where people have never put stores. And I'm going to offer them bargains in the form of my private label, which, as far as I'm concerned, Cat and Jack, these private labels are every bit as good as Kirkland when I go to Costco. Their private label stuff is fantastic. He has made that company into one of the great powerhouses. I, I, it's, it's, un, it's not unstoppable like a meme stock, but it's pretty good. Oh, that's a that's a three bagger in two years on yes. TGT. Yeah. And Walmart. I mean, my chapel starts on Walmart. And I'm sorry. I thought Walmart was going to be able to do be competitive with Amazon. It's got a good offering. But Walmart's been a terrible stock. We should um, terrible. We should also take a quick look at Apple after yesterday's developers conference. Stock is up almost one point three percent. And they are all in on privacy. You see it certainly from their ads. I'm sure many people have seen them during right. the course of watching the NBA playoffs or anything else. Uh, and obviously stressing it yet again. And the, impli- and the implications for advertisers within the ecosystem itself are dramatic right. as they continue to sort of make it more and more difficult to track people. Well, I, I think that all the inc- people keep calling these incremental moves. I had T-Mobile on last night. Mike Siebert, not promotional at all, David just basically made everyone who was interviewing them have to switch to T-Mobile. Yeah, but, no promotional. But right. one of the, I mean, look, this is what you need in order to stay competitive. And a lot of it is because everything that, that Tim Cook does is inc- incrementally, I know that's a dangerous word, better. I mean, you like them more. Did anyone have the watch last night and they did the, you, they did the big uh, uh, they did the change last night? I am waiting. Now, I insult it. Oh, my God, I did something last. Uh-oh. I did something, guys, you must never do. What happened? I said, Alexa, set my alarm for 3 a.m. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh. Awkward. Nothing. That's so like calling uh, your girlfriend by the name of your prior uh, girlfriend. To- oh, or ex-wife. Yes. Also bad. <laughs> also very bad. But then I said, you know, said, uh, I said, Siri, set the alarm for 3 a.m. Right. And then I apologized. And I said, I am sorry that I called you Alexa. And she goes, oh, that's okay. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> she's, she's obviously forgiving. been called that by others. At least she's forgiving. <laughs> Guys, a bit of a quick diversion here before we get what? to Bob Hassan. What are you doing? A story from PubPublica. I know, Carl, you noted it earlier. This oh, the rich, the rich get richer? It's an amazing story. In part, I mean, this is not the story itself, but the fact that they were able to get a hold of or somehow uh, received years' worth of, uh, of detailed data on the taxes of the 25 richest Americans, or many of them, um, and what you see, well, of course, we know it's an income tax. And those of us, obviously, who have a lot of reported income pay uh, a lot in taxes or can, certainly. But the richest uh, clearly don't. Um, and uh, some of the numbers are, are pretty staggering. Take a look. According to Forbes, uh, the 25 richest people saw their worth rise a collective $401 billion from 2014 to 2018. And they did pay a total of $13.6 billion on that. Now, that's in federal income taxes in those five years. That's uh, a lot, right? But it's really only a true tax rate of 3.4%. Now, of course, that's because it's not income. It's how much their wealth went up because of their holdings of things like Amazon stock, Jeff Bezos, richest man in the world, for example, uh, and others. But the numbers are staggering. The fact that uh, that number is so low in terms of percentage of income because they report so little income and what they do, they're able to offset, is not perhaps a surprise. But again, when you look at the actual numbers, Carl, they're just... They are staggering. Zero percent or zero dollars in federal tax for Bezos in 2011, 2007. Musk did it in 18. No federal, no federal tax paid. No Mm. federal tax paid. And, you know, versus, again, wage earners who are obviously paying. It would take 14.3 million ordinary American wage earners put together to equal the uh, 1.1 trillion 
that the top 25 people in the country were worth in 2018. And they paid $1.9 billion in taxes, those 14.3 million wage earners, $143 billion. So would, would you it, go with something at Senator Warren? Well, that's the question, right? I mean, can you really apply a wealth tax? Is there any real way to do that? Uh, Stalin did it. How difficult the, that is. Stalin did it in Kiev yeah. in the early 30s. <laughs> right. I mean, but we all know this is happening. We, we can we revisit the tax code to a certain extent. It's an ongoing debate. It will continue to be. And yet, um, when you have enormous wealth tied up in a company and can simply take a loan against, for example, your, right. your, uh, your, your shares... As Larry uh, Ellison does, he has right. a ten billion dollar line of credit. You've been to his island? No, sensational. No, but, but hey, look, he built the company. He created a fortune. Look, look right. we know that the federal government, the, the rule about taxation is that you have every right to do anything you can legally in order to be able to avoid taxes. You cannot evade. Right. These people are illegal. taking advantage. None, None of it. No. I think that's important. It's an income tax. Because they don't it's, have any income or very little. Well, it says that they got to try to, well, to me, it says that they got to try to change it. There's probably 100 million people in our audience who are saying, are you kidding me? I'm going to get that chance. And by when I get there, I don't want to pay anything. Right, right. Including maybe the buyers of, I don't know, Wendy's? Wendy's? Clover? <laughs> don't you sell some Wendy's if you want some? No. Ring the register is what you used to call it. I used to say it, but then I had that Baconator with my wife. <laughs> Jeez, that thing is good. We're up five points as the 10-year, guys, yields back to 153. Let's oh, get to Bob Pisani. Hey, Bob. Good morning, guys. Uh, meandering around a little bit. We're trying to get to new highs, but the market's not cooperating. It's been an issue for a couple of months. Look at the sectors. The problem is the big winners this month, REITs, uh, energy, up nicely. They're tiny market caps. They don't move the market much. Tech moves the market. Banks move the market. But they're only up fractionally. So the S&P is up about a half a point. Uh, overall on the month, still trying to break out. Look at the S&P here, 42, 32, as I recall, was the old 52-week closing high, the historic high that was uh, back uh, a while ago. And really, we've been sideways here. There's the uh, S&P year-to-date, essentially sideways for nearly two months. We sense that the market wants to go higher, but there are a number of things that are sort of preventing that. The most compelling argument isn't necessarily the Fed issue. It's the whole peak story. We talked about this two months ago, and this corresponds to when the market essentially started going sideways. The peak story is, remember what moves the markets, earnings, dividends, and the multiple. The earnings are increasing, but they're not really uh, moving up as fast as they were. So the second quarter is going to be the peak of everything here. And there's a difference between earnings growing and accelerating and earnings growing but decelerating. And beginning in the third quarter, it's going to be growing but decelerating. Dividends are stable. That's good. Multiple is lower. It was 23 a few months ago. Now it's 20. So you can't push the multiple up. And it's harder to argue that earnings are accelerating at this point. The mother of all second quarter earnings is about to be on us right now. And that's why nobody is selling. These are just spectacular numbers. Look at this, up 63% today for the second quarter. You're never going to see numbers like this. And that's even compared to where it was uh, on April. April 1st when it's up 54%. But you see the third quarter, it's lower, decelerating. Now, that's understandable. You can't go up 50% on every quarter. It's just not going to work that way. But that's the key point here on the deceleration part of this whole story here. So the peak earnings story, the peak everything story, I think has some resonance, even though it's a story that's two months old. A lot of discussion this morning, my heavens, just coming in amongst people walking around on the floor and talking to people here about that uh, DOJ seizure of Bitcoin from Colonial Pipeline and the hackers there. Uh, they did obtain the private key 
of the hackers' Bitcoin wallets. A lot of people seem to be saying to me, oh, well, they've hacked into Bitcoin. No, they obtained the private key. That's the password. There's a big difference. The question is, how did they get that? The obvious explanation, the simple one, is that the hackers shared the password among themselves, and it's that communication that was intercepted. Now, we don't know that, but that's the obvious explanation. The other one is they hacked into the infrastructure somehow of uh, of Bitcoin overall, and that would be a very big story. I don't think so, though. That seems a little bit unlikely. At any rate, not to be boorish, but we've had peep crypto already, at least in the investable part uh, of the market, the stock part of the market. If you look at the stuff, uh, there's not a lot that's really obvious there. MicroStrategy, Riot, Galaxy, Coinbase, Void or Digital. Look at this, 30, 40, 50, 60 percent off of the highs. There's an ETF for that. The highs were all back in February. If you look at uh, the main one there, that's BLOK. That hit the highs in February. Titanic volume, January, February, March. And Carl, it's been down since then. The volume's dropped off considerably. Bitcoin's still hot, but those investable products off of the blockchain, not so hot. Guys, back to you. Interesting, Bob. Uh, Thank you, Uh, Bob Pisani. We mentioned yields uh, this morning on the heels of that uh, trade data. Let's get to Rick. Yes, Carl, we're down a handful, five basis points and tens. You could look at a chart of the trade deficit. This goes back to record keeping in 1992. The revision last month at minus 75 billion was the biggest negative deficit in history. But it wasn't the only big number. Another big number, 486 billion. That was yesterday's parking lot. Yes, a parking lot of cash called the reverse repo market where it just keeps piling in, piling in. And it really does go along with the trade deficit because things are so good. There's so much money sprinkled around that our demand for imports had been skyrocketing. Now let's go to the charts and look at intraday 10. Yes, you can see how it's in the low 150s. Matter of fact, if it closes here, this will be the lowest yield close in three months going back to early March, as you see on the chart. Now, it isn't only in the U.S. that this is going on. As a matter of fact, Our markets always lead the way, and even though the trade deficit data doesn't mean as much in the U.K., theoretically, or in Europe, theoretically, it certainly does mean a lot following the key benchmark interest rate for the world. As you see, boons and gilts both moving lower as that data hit. And, and David, I really loved your story this morning on Forbes and taxes. I just have one question for you. Avoidance. Avoidance isn't the right word. Avoidance sounds like there's a legal issue here. Isn't it tax right. law adherence? Aren't they following True, totally. the tax law? They're well, not that, avoiding did, it. Looked, we made that point, Rick, at the end. We said there's nothing illegal here, of course. They're not avoiding it at all. It's the Good. way the law is written. It's income right. tax. It's interesting. It goes back to yes, who knew? Yes. Eisner versus McCumber back in, uh, in the early 1900s, right? Uh, 1916, a woman named Myrtle McCumber received a dividend for her Standard Oil California shares. But she got it in shares. She didn't get cash. She said, well, why do I have to pay taxes on it? And the Supreme Court agreed. And there you have it. You only pay. Everybody ought to pay their fair share. The problem is who becomes the referee for fair. And after 40 something years in Congress, I would think the president understands exactly what's going on with tax laws. Anyway, thank you, David. Back to Jim, David and Carl. Didn't mean to leave you guys out. All right, Rick. Thank you very much, Rick Santelli. Uh, so relatively flattish action again as we await the big number of the week, the inflation number. CPI is coming Thursday. In the meantime, oil's uh, back below 69. Squawk on the street continues in a minute.
quick cluster here on Wendy's. We talked about the action pre-market, Jim, when it was up plus 20%. Opened at 27.38 off the highs. Too high. This went too high. Icarus. Remember Icarus? He works for Goldman. Sure, I remember him. <laughs> we call, he's called Ick. <laughs> he was the axe. <laughs> uh, we're just getting started, though, of course. We'll see what the rest of the day brings. Stop trading with Jim's coming up next. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Well, people are getting pretty excited about GameStop, which reports tomorrow. The stock's up a quick 56. Uh, ain't no stopping it now, I guess. It's a McFadden Whitehead stock. I just simply don't understand uh, why uh, our man, our, our potential savior there, Ryan Combe, should bother to say anything. Because this is just one of the great runs based on absolutely nothing. It is a little bit like Seinfeld. A stock about nothing. It's a stock about nothing. Don't forget the Bill Murray uh, corollary. Yes. Right? So are you saying it's a, um, it's a negative for transparency, granularity on earnings, Prince? Well, I just think that uh, if I were, uh, so far things are going very well with just the uh, selling of some stock, get the balance sheet better. Uh, they have to reinvent the company, I think. But Don't I, rock the boat in the meantime. Yes. Don't rock the boat until you really have a plan. I think it's dangerous. I think he's got to spring a plan. Uh, and, and put it right in place. He can't just say, you know what, one of the things I'm doing is thinking about crypto. Well, That's what, what po- I do. What possible plan could he put I in place? I told you they're going to make the stores into crypto the banks. Fundamentals would, 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 would argue for a 23 and a half, $24 billion market value. The fundamentals. Right now. You're, I know. You're like ridiculous. I'm a dinosaur. But you are. You're like a turd. You know, you're Tri- triceratops. Yeah. Yeah, me, I'm a flying car taxi. <laughs> and all I can tell you is, is that you are in a natural history museum and I'm, I'm going I places. I recommend people go. It's yep. really still a great place. <laughs> yes. uh, so you got Thor tonight, right? Yeah, I got Thor. And by the way, Thor is going to be one of the, this is motorhomes. Now the stock was up very big on a great quarter and then right back down. Uh, but Bob Martin's got it right there. Look at that. David, that's the one you and I are going to take across the country. You know what I mean? Now, you've never been outside the New York area. It's a really amazing place. Um, He's like Truman. It's a Truman show. He's never <laughs> left Manhattan. <laughs> we have so Activision funny. Blizzard, uh, Call of Duty. My friend Zev Fima has told me that this is literally, he was a sharpshooter in the Galati division. Oh, my God. Bobby he said it worked. Bobby Kodak. First time happen? ever. I don't know. People have been stealing my guess. And then don't, we don't mind about yeah, that. We're fine. Out. We're fine about that. And Biohaven, I've already ret- uh, told you about that one. Uh, I was going to talk about Ford, brand new car out. Uh, oh, yeah. UPS tomorrow. We've got uh, analyst meeting. But you know what? They're telling me we I have know. to go. We didn't get the gap, stitch fix, or more. But uh, we're pathetic. Lots of news ahead. We'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx.